Merciful and ever to be adored, Heavenly Father. We're ever so thankful for the opportunity to be here one more time. To look to Thee and, and to know that, that Thou art with us at all times. Though this world can be cruel and unforgiving, we, we're ever so thankful that Thy grace is is limitless and we thank thee for the comfort that thou hast given us in the knowledge of knowing that, that you are always with us we ask that thou would be with all those that have been mentioned all those that are suffering through sickness and mourning loved ones we ask that thou would grant them presence in, in their hearts and, and comfort them as only thou are able to. We ask that thou would continue to be with us as we continue through this life and, and thank thee for the, for the peace that our loved ones are able to experience that have gone on. We ask that thou would forgive us for the shortcomings and trespasses that we've committed. We know they are many. But once again, we're ever so thankful that, that it doesn't matter. The work is finished, and thy son has finished it. We thank thee once again for the opportunity to be here together in this place. And we ask for all these things in thy son's sake. Amen. Amen. Thankful for that sweet prayer. Beg that you might continue to pray this morning as we look to the Lord. <clears throat> that psalm that we uh, we read, 146th, it has a thought in there. <clears throat> third verse where he says put not your trust in princes nor in the son of man in whom there is no help now he's not speaking of the son of man as Jesus Christ he's talking about men in general and this is a truth our trust cannot be entirely in princes of this world, men, or in man, for there is no help there. As he says, his breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. He's going to return to the dust. And in that day, his thoughts perish. But the contrast of this, that seems rather negative, if you will. 
The contrast, as he says, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. And he describes some of the work that God has done. He made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that therein is. But also, he says, which keepeth truth forever. You ever thought about who keeps truth? God keeps truth. He is the author of truth. And we hear a lot in this old world. Some things we know right away are not true. Some things may seem to be true. And then we may discover later on that they're not. But the God of all truth is the Most High God. And He keeps that truth forever. He executes judgment for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and He looseth the prisoners. He sets them free. Opens the eyes of the blind raises those that are bowed down with burden and he loves the righteous. He preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless, that's the orphans and the widow. <clears throat> and he says the Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations and he gives this encouragement, praise ye the Lord. Isn't it wonderful we can praise the Lord? And even our praise is, is limited because of all the things that he has done and does for us are limitless. But he says, put not your trust in princes, nor in man. But our trust is to be in God. And trust is an interesting subject. Seems like that we've lived in a time, definitely most recently, where there has been lack of trust in almost everything we see around us. People just seem to lack trust in a lot of things that we used to trust in. Things always change over time. Man changes. But trusting in the Lord does not change. There's no higher place to go and trust in than God. And there is a trust that we have in God that He bestows upon us that we can live and walk in. And when we think of trust, you may say, well, that sounds a little bit like faith or belief. But trust really denotes a feeling of security. Faith is a, an identity with someone or something, especially God. We have an identity in faith of God because He imputes 
his faith unto us. We don't have faith of ourselves. Faith that we have is of God. But to trust and have a feeling of security in something. You know, the old adage, or dollar bill says, in God we trust. It means the nation set that forth many, many years ago. Now, I can remember going into a lot of auto repair places and said, in God we, there'd always be the sign up, you know, always say, in God we trust, all others bring money. That meant you didn't have any credit here. Because uh, they didn't trust you like they trusted God. But to have trust in God is to have a feeling of no higher security than that. Just as a side note, experiential, if you will, personal. When I went in for surgery, I told some this, so bear with me if you've heard it. Prior to surgery, they had me take a, a CAT scan. It was primarily of the left side and the leg and the hip. And I said, well, why do I need to do this? And they said, well, the robot needs to have the dimensions of your bone structure. And I thought, well, that's a good thing to have. You're going to use a robot. It's just a machine. And then <clears throat> I asked the doctor, I said, uh, the dimensions that were taken, what units were they in? And units are units of measure, okay? Now, we, we use, in English, we use inches and feet and miles and things like that. In metric, you'd use centimeters, meters, things like that. And there's a distinct difference. They're not the same. A meter is not the same as a yard, nor is it the same as a foot. So in my line of work, we were always extremely careful from the time we were taught this in school. You better have your units right. You could have the right approach to solving a problem. You could even have perhaps very close to the right answer. If you didn't have the right units, it wouldn't be correct. And so I asked the doctor, I said, uh, what were the units? are used, and he said, metric. And I said, okay. So we took the measurements in metric. What did you program the robot in? And he kind of looked at me, and he said, well, metric. I said, well, I just want to be sure. <laughs> I mean, the robot's going to be working on me, and he doesn't care. So, I not only asked one doctor, but I asked two more after that, even when, when I got into the OR. I asked him, and I said, where's the robot? And they said, well, part of him's over here, and part of him's over there. And I said, well, when are you going to put him together? <laughs> they said, oh, we'll take care of that. And I said, what's, what's he programmed in? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, what are the units that you used? Oh, they're metric. 
And I said, are you guys sure that you've got a program in metric? They said, oh yeah, yeah, we're good. So I had a little bit of trust, didn't I? And they knew that I was aware of it. So even asking that question would make them take a little deeper look, perhaps just to be sure. Didn't hurt anybody, wasn't insulting to anybody, but it gave me a little bit more security. And I'm sure if I were on their side of the table, I would probably want to know, yes, we did program it the right way, the right units. But when we think of the Lord, the trust that we have in God is through Christ. As a brother prayed in his prayer, it's a finished work that we live under today. Just think if we lived under Old Testament times and we didn't have the New Testament record of Christ and His coming and His finishing work here. We still lived under that old Mosaic law and still looked for the coming of the, of the Deliverer, the Messiah. We would be questioning a lot of things. We would have to do a lot of things that we don't even have an awareness of today. It's hard for us to imagine what that would be like because we live on this side. That's all been done. The trust that God the Father had in the Son was fulfilled and the trust the Son had in the Father was fulfilled and carried out. And it is a complete work. And we live under that joy. And it is a joy. Because as the psalmist said, renew in me the joy of thy salvation. And so when we come together from time to time to worship God, the true and living God, the God in whom is the author of trust, the author of peace, the author of hope and the deliverer of his people. We have a feeling of security, don't we? And he tells us this. He tells us that this salvation is not something that you can have today and lose tomorrow because of something you have done or you haven't done or you may do or may not do. And the same goes for those you love because it's been sealed in the blood of the Son. And this is a work far beyond men. We don't have to trust in men. We don't have to trust in the princes of this world. We trust in the true and living God and the Son of God who came and took on a body of flesh, walked among men, brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, the good news. He preached. We realize that Jesus Christ, as He walked upon this earth and in His time, His ministry, as we call it here, He preached the Word. And He is the Word. He preached Himself. 
because he could preach no other higher than himself. And that message still is with us today and brings comfort to the heart of his people. And we trust in that word, don't we? Because it gives us a security to know that we're secure in him and in his blood and his finished work. We don't have to worry about something went amiss there when all of that took place. And oh, we're going to have to go back under the old law service and have sacrifice of animals and have the high priest to go in to the inner sanctum from time to time. Our high priest is the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has entered in to that beyond the veil. And He has carried that that we couldn't carry. And He has accomplished that. And when He hung on the cross there, the veil of the temple, the curtain that was there that separated the children of Israel from seeing what was taking place in that time that sacrifices of the little animals would be made from time to time. That veil has been torn and rent in two. It was as thick or as a width or length of a man's hand. Six inches thick this curtain was. Solid. Six inches. And it was just torn like paper. And it revealed that which was hidden. And what it shows is not those little sacrifices that took place that could not atone for the sin of man. What it reveals is the Son of God and Him crucified. And Him and His blood have paid the price. And here is where the source of our trust is. And we have a trust and a security in that that stands forever, as the psalmist said, the Lord's truths stand forever. They are eternal. They cannot be changed. They cannot be taken down. They cannot be disrupted by something that we or some other man may do because our trust can be in no other but the true and the living God. I'm going to go over to Corinthians just for a moment, if you would, and look at some thoughts that the Apostle Paul brings to this little band, this church <clears throat> that would gather there from time to time. And it begins in the second letter to the Corinthians, the beginning chapter. And this is beautiful thoughts and expressions that Paul has. He says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints which are in all Achaia. So he's speaking about not just the church, but those that are there in that region. And his salutation, his greeting is, Grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we come together from time to time in this capacity... That's how the Lord greets us. That's how we are to approach the Lord. But He greets us with grace be to you and peace from God our Father. And you know, we trust that when we come together in the capacity that 
Jesus said that where two or more are gathered in my Father's name, I will be there. Uh, I will have my presence there. He didn't say that exactly that way, but he said, I will be there. And the Spirit of God is with us. You know, we can trust in that, can't we? We can trust in that. There's a security in that. To know that we gather in the name of the Lord, two or more, just two or more. And we pray unto Him, seek Him to worship Him. He will manifest His presence with us. What a marvelous work that is. And we can have that trust and know that it will be that way every time. Every time. And he says, to God, <clears throat> blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. You know, this is distinguishing God, isn't it? The God of all comfort. This isn't just some little Dagon stone statue out here. This is the true and living God, isn't it? The author and finisher of our faith. And he says, who comforteth us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. You know, the same things that would comfort those in that church so long ago at Corinth, the same things that would build their heart and lift their heart up and they would find a warmth in the presence of the Lord are the same things that you experience. Why is that? It's because God does not change. And we can trust, as I said, that where two or more are gathered in His name, no other name but His name, to seek and to worship Him, that He has promised that He will be there among them. And you know, He's not just going to come in and sit on the back seat back there and not let anybody know that He's here. He's going to let us know that He's here. He's going to manifest His presence. Sometimes in miraculous ways, sometimes in a very quiet, still, small voice will be heard that will bring comfort to your heart something that has been upon your heart, been upon your mind, He will bring an answer to you. But He will manifest His presence. And He will bless. So He is the one who comforteth us in all our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted by God. What does He mean by this? He means that where God has comforted us in our trials, that we are given strength and ability to comfort others as well. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Doesn't mean that we're just takers all the time. It means that God gives us an ability to be givers as well, to share some of these blessings. And you know, when you share these blessings of the Lord, it lifts your heart. It brings you to a higher plane it takes us away from thinking just upon ourselves to thinking upon others. And isn't that wonderful? Because that's likened unto God. Because God just didn't think about Himself in, in eternal glory forever up there. He thought about those that He loved, didn't He? And He still thinks about those that He loves. We see that evidence as well. 
It says, For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, steadfast. Here's something they trust in, isn't it? Our hope in you is steadfast. Means that it's going to stay. There's a trust they have in this hope. Knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. We've mentioned a lot this morning in need of prayer, haven't we? They need help in time of trouble, whatever that may be. And some may think, well, it's just minor. And others, we may find, oh, how tragic that is, how serious that is. You know, there's nothing that is minor or just overly serious to God, is it? We go to Him in prayer. He's able to answer all prayer. He's able to give comfort in all things. He's able to heal all things. And so he says, and our hope of you is steadfast. We trust in this. Our hope, we trust in this, that to know that it's steadfast, not by our will or by yours, but by the will of God, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. So it means that even though we may have brothers and sisters all around us that suffer the afflictions and trials of life, that as we see together and we have a trust together in the Lord God above, we're going to have a consolation. We're going to have a comfort. And you know, it doesn't just mean that there'll be that eternal comfort, yes, and that eternal consolation, yes. When we enter eternal glory, we'll be free of all these things. But you know, He's going to visit us here. He's going to bring us consolation here. He's going to relieve us of the burdens of trial and tribulation. He will make Himself manifest. And Paul continues and he says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant or not aware of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despaired even of life. He's talking about some experiences they had. They had some trials, didn't they, in their travel. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves. Sentence of death is sin, isn't it? And we know that if we trust in ourselves, there's not a happy, happy ending in that in any way. We're not going to find consolation and peace and trusting in ourselves. And he said, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Think about what he said. He went to the highest power that we could go to. Because God raises the dead. No other can raise the dead. Not even a thought. But God can. And so he says, Ye also helping together by prayer for us. How important is prayer that we pray as we prayed this morning for some 
that are close to us here, you know, but also some that may be distances away from us. We don't see them every day, but we're aware of them. But he says, <clears throat> helping together by prayer for us that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. So there were prayers answered, but also he asked for thanks for those prayers on our behalf. For our rejoicing is this, the testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God, we have had our conversation in the world and more abundantly to you word. We've been able to speak the things of God. And you know, isn't it wonderful that we can come here from time to time and speak the things of God? You know, the things of God, it's, that's the language of God, isn't it? Grace, bestow. Words of grace and comfort and peace and hope and joy. Those are the things that God gives us. And so he continues on. And over in the second chapter, I'm not going to read all of this, but he continues on and talks about the encouragement that we have in Christ, the victory that we have in Christ. And he comes down and he's still identifying with those and the trust that we have in God. And he mentions this. This is in the third chapter. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. So he's saying the work that they carried out in bringing the gospel, the good news, that God blessed it. That God blessed it in them. And he's saying it's not of us to boast of this because this isn't of ourselves, it's of God. Nor is it of you that you're able to boast of yourselves, it is of God. But he says in such trust, we trust in this, that God will have his work, that his word will come forth and it will bring forth fruit by the will of God and by his hand and by his grace and mercy. And he says, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. We trust in Christ of what he has accomplished. And therefore we can trust in God that he will carry it out as well. And when we think about that trust, think about the trust that the father had in the son. Now we talk about that <clears throat> that second chapter of Ephesians. I want to just drop over there just for a moment, if you'll permit me, and look at that verse there that we're 
so familiar with and we love to hear so often. And he says, for by grace, this is the eighth verse of the second chapter of Ephesians. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And so as we come back up to, the, to this eighth verse, for by grace are you saved. This is the grace of God. This is God's will for us, isn't it? It isn't man's will, it is God's will. For by grace are you saved eternally is what he's speaking of through faith. And that isn't our faith that we've had. It isn't something that we have done, but it is the faith that God the Father had in the Son to come and carry out that work that he set for him. And it is the faith of the son and the father that the father would find this pleasing and that he would accept it as well. But you know, in that faith that is there, it is that substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is that characteristic of God that it is manifest in, in this life. And we have a portion of it imputed to us that we can take on and, and seek to, to be more like God. But there is a trust as well that was between the Father and the Son. And the Son trusted in the Father. That even though when He would hang there on the cross and say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I think He still knew that He would be with Him. And He would trust that this work would be finished and acceptable. And the father had faith in the son, yes. But he also had trust in the son that he would carry out what was before him. That even when he was in the garden and praying there before he went to the cross, he would pray, if it be thy will that this cup might be removed. But nevertheless, Christ would pray, nevertheless, thy will be done. So there was a trust that he would not run away from that which was set before him, his duty, if you will, his work. He would be there. There was a strong confidence and there was a strong, compelling fact of God the Father and God the Son in one another. And this was carried out. And the faith of Jesus in the Father and the faith that he had in the Son and sending him and trusting him that he would carry this and deliver those that, that he gave the Son, that they might be with him in eternal glory. And this is what we live under today, this work. This is God's work. This is God's will. This is not man's will, but God's will. And by this, we have a peace that, pass, that does pass understanding. Our mortal selves cannot understand this. Why would someone even think of this? How could they think of something such as this? But not just thinking of it, but the peace that is, we enjoy and we live under now. And so, as the apostle would say, <clears throat> for we walk by faith and not sight. We look unto the Lord in all things. And such trust have we through Christ to Godward. 
So we can have faith in God, but we also can trust in Him, can't we? There's no higher power to trust in. And I'm thankful that we have that trust, that we have that security, we have that feeling of security. I think it's not just a security, the security is there, but we have the feeling of that security, don't we? We have an awareness of it. The Lord has shown it to us that our trust is in Him and no other. Our trust is in His Son and no other because He has accomplished that and finished His work and God's will has been done. And God's will will be done. When time is no more, He will gather all those together that are He died for and present them to the Father in eternal glory and they shall abide with Him forever in that new home, in a new body that is free of sin and perfect and in the image of the glorious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what a hope we have and what a trust that we have in our God. And so let us continue on from day to day, walking in faith, yes, but also trusting in the true and living God. I had to trust in the doctors that they did program that robot the correct way. And I even had to trust in some old engineers who ever designed that robot that they put in the correct program and everything that would interpret that and not misinterpret it and that it would do what it was supposed to do. But you know who I really trusted in and I looked to was God. And there brought a great comfort and security to know that of all these things around me and all the complicated things that man was involved in just in that, that time and how frail man can be and how prone he can be in making a mistake, I could have a trust in God that he would carry it out and things would be all right. I was going to wake up in glory. I was going to wake up here and carry on. But either way, it would still be good because God would be with me. And he's with you as well. Let us glorify him in our lives. Let us go on and trust him. Let us seek him to learn more of him. Let us draw closer to him as close as we can, that we might experience the joy of that salvation that He has worked for us. And that we might from time to time perhaps be permitted in some way to share that with others, as Paul described here. Because what he shared with some of those so long ago is the same truths that we enjoy today and live under. And we can share those with those others as well. And you know, in sharing that, it brings a joy to those that may receive it. But I'll tell you, it brings greater joy to us as we might give it because we can feel the presence of God with us and be able to draw closer to Him. May the Lord bless us to continue on. May we give thanks to Him in all things, especially for the manifest truth that he has given us of his grace and mercy and his work 
beyond measure that we might carry on and glorify Him in our lives in whatever capacity that might be. Sometimes we think, well, if I'm to glorify God, it's got to be in some big and manifest way. It doesn't. Those little things that we can enjoy, they glorify God as long as our heart and our thoughts are upon Him and our trust is in Him that He will carry on and He will carry us home and He certainly will. May the Lord bless you. It's our prayer. Love you all. Pray you have a blessed week as well. As we look to the Lord now with a hymn, we would <clears throat> let it be known that the church, <clears throat> if there's anyone here this morning that might have desire to come and unite with the Lord's church to serve Him here in this capacity as we journey on, we would encourage you to do so and let it be made known. The church would receive you in any way authorized. <clears throat>